Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish promote and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. You know, today we are concluding our series on humanism and we'll be playing the final segments of a very powerful lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet that we began a few short weeks ago. Um, Humanism declares that human beings are capable of being ethical and moral without religion or without God. In other words, the humanist says, the deity will not save us, we must save ourselves, and this is a lie, because no one in the universe ever saved himself. Anyway, we we continue now where we left off in our last program, beginning with a look at the separation of church and state. Here we go. The humanist manifesto calls for the expanding of our traditional civil liberties to include a recognition of an individual's right to die with dignity, euthanasia, and the right to suicide. That's right in the manifesto. It maintains that separation of church and state and the separation of ideology and state are imperatives. This demonstrates that humanists don't practice what they preach. It is impossible to keep ideology out of anything because everything proceeds from some bias or point of view. The humanist uses this ambiguity to maintain an unnatural separation of a God-oriented church and state, while sustaining his own religious beliefs in the schools under the false cover that humanism is value-free. Something that is anti-values is not value-free. Its value is the anti-value. Someone that is anti-hero is not hero-free. He follows the anti-hero. Quote, the principle of moral equality must be furthered through the elimination of all discrimination based upon race, religion, sex, age, or national origin. Out of this milieu came the arguments for federally mandated busing to achieve social integration. Busing never achieved racial integration and proved to be a detriment to the education of black and white children alike. True integration cannot be attained by busing. Integration is an affair of the heart. But there is more to busing than a misguided effort by sincere people. The forced movement of population becomes a disorienting experience akin to the disbursement of the intelligentsia into the countryside by Chinese communists. Many children ride as much as an hour each way by bus, tuned in to rock music. This is a complete period of programming, the subconscious mind and the brain. People should cherish the opportunity to work out their problems in their local communities. Busing breaks down race identity. Why should blacks be taught that black communities or black people are inherently bad and that only state-controlled association with whites will solve their problems? 
Sociologist James Coleman did a study in 1966 called Equality of Educational Opportunity. Coleman and his report were probably the most powerful influence on the public desegregation policy made by an educator in history. In 1978, he published the findings of a follow-up study in which he reported that he was completely wrong in his previous ideas about the value of busing. Busing turned out to be counterproductive. It led to a massive exodus of whites from big city schools. The violence and turmoil that accompanied this negated any possible improvement in black student achievement. He also pointed out that the assumption that there was something wrong with all black schools was racist to begin with. Former Black Panther Eldridge Cleaver has accused blacks of playing a political game based on skin color. Our research staff was told of one instance where a black school board member is secretly in favor of white flight. The racial composition of his city is changing as a result of busing. Soon there may be a black majority in that city. When that happens, this politician said that he will be a leading candidate for mayor. Despite all our problems, there is still more racial freedom in America than anywhere else. The worst racists are often the leadership class of communist nations. You find then that if there are fallen ones, wherever they are in whatever race, black or white, whatever religion, they will always use circumstances for greater power. It crosses all the lines in some of the finest people we know, and the greatest deliverers are among the blacks, some are among the whites. They are divided because they have never understood who is the real enemy. Cleaver found this to be the case in Cuba, the case of racism among the communist leadership class, where officials are white and the masses black. Cleaver said, I took this up with the Cuban Communist Party. They told me the things they used to tell us in the 1930s. Well, they aren't ready yet. Not enough of them are educated. Forced movement, the movement that comes about in busing, breaks down individuality and makes the child ready for each successive order. Once the natural mechanism for God control is disrupted, then the child becomes dependent on someone else for direction. This results in the person finally demanding someone to tell him what to do. Forced busing is one of the most diabolical means of disorienting the child from the natural hierarchy of family, community, local school, local church, and an integration with that community. It is deadly because it prepares the child for mass social movements that are planned in the future as the world conspiracy carves up the earth and directs people to go live here and go live there. This is on the drawing boards of the one-worlders who have set up across the map of the United States their regionalism, their ten regions, and the whole earth into patterns, and even have contemplated whole shifts of population so that you can finally break down national loyalties. Again from the manifesto, 
of the humanists. We believe in the right to universal education. This is a call for state-controlled education. It's indispensable to anyone seeking to take over a civilization. They say we deplore racial, religious, ethic, or class antagonisms. So did Plato and Marx. And look how Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia turned out. Another quote from the humanists. We are critical of sexism or sexual chauvinism, male or female. We believe in equal rights for both women and men to fulfill their unique careers and potentialities as they see fit, free of invidious discrimination. This is the basic argument in favor of ERA. This line of reasoning proceeds from the mentality of totalitarian control which seeks to eliminate social differences despite the biological and emotional differences between men and women. Man is the generic term for our species. It refers to both male and female. This is in Webster's Dictionary. In the light of that fact, why should it be so objectionable for a woman to be called a chairman or to have the inference of man in any title? It makes no difference. Man and woman are of the same species, and that species is called man. The humanists know this, but they are using language to their own ends. The Humanist Manifesto calls for world government and a one-world socialist economy. It says, We deplore the division of humankind on nationalistic grounds. We have reached a turning point in human history where the best option is to transcend the limits of national sovereignty and to move toward the building of a world community in which all sectors of the human family can participate. Thus we look to the development of a system of world law and a world order based upon transnational federal government. This is transitional federal government. The stages of nationhood of the United States of America are just that, stages. They are transitional and moving toward a one-world government. Our children under the Humanist Manifesto are being trained not only to abandon their patriotic values, but to destroy America and enter into the world community. They pay more attention to the United Nations and its activities than they do to those of our own government. That is the training they receive. Humanist Manifesto this world community must renounce the resort to violence and force as a method of solving international disputes. War is obsolete. So is the use of nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons. The world community must engage in cooperative planning concerning the use of rapidly depleting resources. Extreme disproportions in wealth, income, and economic growth should be reduced on a worldwide basis. In other words, America is condemned because she is a land of abundance, the promised land, promised to the 12 tribes that would be flowing with milk and honey. And so under that condemnation, she should give everything away to the rest of the world and reduce herself to the lowest common denominator of these laggard races whose karma, 
whose own misuse of their own resources has not accorded them the reward of a sacred labor of their hands. This all under the justification of the human do-good system. And we are just getting warmed up. We'll be back in a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. You know, not only is humanism not religion, it purposely undermines the path of initiation. Here's more. I've mentioned to you before that the entire system of humanism undermines the path of initiation and of rewards. It levels everyone and therefore gives to those whose offering is not acceptable the same reward as is given to those who give an acceptable offering to society. We see this in the social security system, in taxation, where some of the people work and some of the people don't, but they both get the same rewards. It's very bad for the human spirit. It alienates it from the path of God. The path of initiation is not so understood by people in the Soviet Union today. They think it's unfair, unjust, and human. They cannot understand this system of reward and punishment. Everybody should be equal, no matter what they do. Historians will view the ideas held in this section with the same regard that we have for the poor unfortunates who are afraid to sail off the flat earth or breathe the night air. The concept of war being obsolete appeals to everyone who wants peace. But there is no development of what do you do in such and such situation. What do you do when communists or Chinese or whoever you may be dealing with, come into your house and physically abuse your wife and children and murder them? Do you cite the Humanist Manifesto and say, 
War is obsolete, so I will not defend my own against these intruders. This is what we're breeding into our children. Under no conditions do you take up arms and fight. And look at the people, the youth today, and their response to the suggestion of the draft, the compulsory draft. All their signs and their placards are to the effect that they will not fight. Very vehement, very adamant. Well, people should not have to fight for a totalitarian state. They should not have to fight in a mill where world communism dominates both sides of the battle and they are fodder for the guns of the enemy contrived to reduce the population of the light bearers on the planet. That's not what war and fighting is all about. But the protection of the platform of evolution. That's what we're talking about. We would like to see it done on a higher level of the use of fohat and light. But every one of us has to resolve our own personal philosophy. Do we allow our nation to be mowed down and destroyed by invading armies? Because we believe in a philosophy of nonviolence and non-war? Some people say yes. Some civilizations have gone in just that manner. The people lost all interest in defending themselves as a unit or as a community. I don't happen to believe that. I believe that we have a role and a destiny in preserving physical life in a physical platform. And until human nature changes, until satanic goals change, St. Germain saw to it in our Constitution that the citizen has a right to bear arms, to defend himself against enemies within and without his state. All of you have to come to your conclusions on that matter. I suggest you read the Bhagavad Gita with understanding before you do. Because Krishna teaches Arjuna it is a matter of his particular caste, the warrior caste, to defend life. And in so doing, in fulfilling his caste, he doesn't incur the karma of murder. That there comes a moment when it is necessary to defend one's country and give one's life for it. Otherwise, one is going to lose one's identity and the entire group karma of the people. Again, it's an attempt to destroy all resistance to the fallen ones themselves who would come marching in using armies of the people to take over the nations just the way they just did in Afghanistan and nation by nation in Cambodia and Vietnam. What choice will you make when they arrive over the Canadian or the Mexican border? Luckily, the Afghans have some punch. And they've decided to fight against the Soviets in their midst. And so we're supplying arms through Pakistan, and on it goes. More than merely supplying arms, we have to realize once and for all the United States of America is the watchman on the wall of world freedom. That doesn't mean to say that the Ascended Masters believe that unwanted and uninvited we should send troops all over the globe to interfere in national movements or struggles. But we do have a calling, and I'm not going to digress in this lecture in the whole philosophy of war and peace. You can get that on the SALT II album. But I think that you have to realize in all of this verbiage that I have been reading to you that it is very, very carefully calculated to get the most followers 
because it's the kind of thing that idealistic people believe in. And you really don't know, and even the writers of it don't know where it's coming from. Who is really mouthing these words? You have to have a very, very astute awareness of the path of chileship and the ascended masters to see through this type of wording. And a real tie to Almighty God to then summon the strength to resist it and to overturn it. Of course, the great tragedy about war lies in our inability to distinguish it from detente or to ignore it altogether. When Solzhenitsyn tells us that we have lost World War III, we're scarcely aware of all the nations that the Soviet Union has overrun since World War II. Next, you have the business about depleting resources, the whole report of the Club of Rome. This is a main theme of the humanists. They tell us this. The children will accept it. They will base their political and economic decisions on the concept that we're on a shrinking globe and there are not enough resources. In our lecture of a year ago on this subject, we demonstrated that there is plenteous resources on Earth waiting to be developed and used of every kind. It's the control of these resources, the mismanagement of government and big business and the power elite that is the problem. Resources are in abundance. So there is a mass indoctrination. When facts don't fit your scheme, change the facts. If children accept the idea of scarcity, are they going to be inclined to develop our abundant resources or choose professions and callings that lead to this? And of course, if war is obsolete as a theory that you believe from grade one through college, you're going to be disoriented when you have to defend yourself against any enemy. The Humanist Manifesto proclaims that technology is a vital key to human progress and development. Technology must, however, be carefully judged by the consequences of its use. Harmful and destructive changes should be avoided. We are particularly disturbed when technology and bureaucracy control, manipulate, or modify human beings without their consent. Now this statement implies that humanists approve of manipulation and behavior modification if they have someone's consent. But if everything is relative, how do you define consent? It's a matter of interpretation. Two parties need not see eye to eye on this matter. Hence, when all things are relative, no can be interpreted as yes. And so if a humanist believes that behavior modification is good for you to adjust to society and to your mechanization life, then he will justify that really, if you knew what was best for you, you would accept behavior modification. So he goes ahead and introduces it into our school systems. There really is nothing in the Humanist Manifesto to prevent anyone from manipulating or modifying anyone else's behavior. The adherence to any true religion would prevent one person from manipulating another with or without his consent. Without the objective standards of behavior that true religion preaches, a humanist can easily attain to the heights of Satanism.
When people manipulate life through genetic engineering, when they perform mercy killings, when they perform abortions, when they use drugs on hyperactive children in school, when they use electrodes, brain surgery, and so forth, can you tell me when the humanist crosses the line and has become a Satanist? Does a Satanist have to know he's a Satanist to be one? No, not at all. The same vibration, the same intent to destroy the light bearer by any other name, it is still satanic. I think that the goal of humanism laid bare is the destruction of the light bearer. More after a short break. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks, we are back. Appreciate your staying with us. You know, Terry, there's a, a simple and splendid irony here that the by speaking of God, the humanist admits that there is one. Yeah, I know. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, here's more. The Satanic Bible says, When all religious faith in lies has waned, it is because man has become closer to himself and farther from God. 
closer to the devil. That particular statement just admitted that there was a God. Man has become closer to himself and farther from God, closer to the devil. If this is what the devil represents and a man lives his life in the devil's fane with the sinews of Satan moving his flesh, then he either escapes from the cacklings and carpings of the righteous or stands proudly in his secret places of the earth and manipulates the folly-ridden masses through his own satanic might until that day when he may come forth in splendor proclaiming, I am a... and then the word. Bow down for I am the highest embodiment of human life, taking the very name of God to affirm that he is a Satanist. Humanism plus technology equals 1984. Our children are subject to behavior modification already. Sometimes it has a different name, values clarification, Ritalin treatments for the hyperactive, or PPBS, planning, programming, budgeting system. One program currently in use deserves special attention. It is called MAN, a course of study, or MACOS, M-A-C-O-S. Its purpose is to help you discover your humanness. This program was too expensive or too controversial for most schools. MACOS supporters approached local social studies departments and urged them to adopt the program. Federal funding was generally available for the program. The federal government has a vested interest in MACOS. They've supported it for 14 years. The National Science Foundation spent 7.5 million tax dollars on this program alone. 3 million on marketing and promotion alone. The program was in 1,700 schools in 1976. Despite the heavy government sponsorship, MACOS questions values that might be regarded as characteristically American. The people in our government today are there because they want to see the United States of America pass away and the one world government come about, and so they do it through values clarification. According to Peter Dow, one of the developers of the program, it also challenges the notion that there are eternal truths that must be passed down from one generation to the next. The course allots half a year to study the social behavior and mating habits of birds, fish, and baboons, with the implicit view that man not only evolved from the lower animals, but derived his social behavior from them. Since they have no restrictions, in their interaction and their sexual habits. Therefore, since we evolved from them, why should we? The attention on animals for many, many hours and long periods of time does exactly the opposite of what attention on God does. People take in an animal consciousness. They take it in when they eat animal life. All of this attention to animals is the attempt to make the child feel that he is the next in the line of species and that he should behave simply like other animals, only a little better as he is the end of the evolution. After this half-year study of behavior and mating habits of these animals, children are then exposed to a semester study of the Netsilink-Miute Eskimo subculture. 
The text deals with killing the elderly and female infants, wife swapping and trial marriage, communal living, witchcraft, the slaughter of seals, and cannibalism. These cut through a child's defense mechanisms, causing him to become upset. The Makos Teacher's Manual instructs the teacher to employ group psychotherapy techniques while the children are upset. It requires the teacher to probe the children to find out why they react the way they do. Exposing a child's deep feelings about his behavior to a peer group where his values may be challenged is likely to disillusion the child. This causes his values to disintegrate and encourages him to adopt group values. I happen to know through counseling of young people that the sudden thrusting of children, teenagers, or even young adults into an environment that is against the entire Judeo-Christian tradition of morality is so disconcerting to the very foundation of our psychology, the very components of the nucleus of the soul, that young people get physical diseases, mental disorders, emotional disorders. You see this when children coming from conservative homes are thrust into our universities with co-op dormitories where men and women share rooms, share bathrooms, where there's no distinguishing between the sexes, and there is a complete breakdown of the, the traditional values if these have not already been broken down before. I've seen this in Catholic colleges where we've rented halls and held conferences, these co-op dorms. You'd be lucky if you could get a shower without someone coming in of the opposite sex. Things of this nature, you find all sorts of sexual activity going on in the dormitories. And I've seen the effect this has had, causing very, very serious physical illnesses. And when I have counseled with young people, Moria has shown me that the whole reason for their disturbances comes from this being thrust into a situation that goes against the grain of the entire inner mechanism of the soul and its awareness of the I Am Presence. Even if it has no real outer training in that relationship, these values are more than something that has been imposed upon people. They are part of the very cells and atoms and life that is within the temple. They are disturbing. They are deeply disturbing. When you put children in this type of a curriculum and they are disturbed, they are disturbed to the very core of their psyche. And that disturbance is like taking apart an atom. And there they are in the midst of this and they're all disturbed and upset and that is when you drive home with a disorientation and get them to talk about it before people, these intimate inside things that they don't even understand themselves. And so it is a complete disillusionment and they then look for security in the group because they no longer have the security of the inner sanctity of their inner being. This is the manipulation of little children, kindergarten through seventh grade. Jerome Brenner, a humanist psychologist and one of Mako's creators, stated in American Scientist that myths of other cultures are among the best tools 
for bringing about value changes. That's what MACOS is all about. According to Dr. Onali McGraw, educational consultant to the Heritage Foundation, courses like MACOS are largely responsible for the social and moral confusion of today's high school students. Quote, this adversely affects their decision-making ability as well as their appreciation and understanding of other people and complex social issues. Unquote. Dr. McGraw testified before the Senate that contemporary courses which teach children to question and disregard their parents' views, moral standards, and religious views are largely responsible for the upsurge in teenage violence, drug and alcohol use, cynicism, disrespect for adult authority, an epidemic VD rate, and a high divorce rate among young couples. All of this is changing your child's world outlook and contributing to the substitution of our traditional culture for a brave new world. Expectations for the future have an enormous impact on actual future changes. Once we allow the protective membrane of the Judeo-Christian tradition to be penetrated by foreign ideas, we had a serious problem on our hands. Just remember that so many of the people teachers especially in the classroom, who must use these programs, have no idea that they are pawns of a well-organized brotherhood, an anti-brotherhood against the Great White Brotherhood and its designs and purposes. It's called the false hierarchy. They have no idea that all of this rearrangement of life is going to bring about the destruction of civilization. They actually are made to believe that they are in the midst of solving all of the problems of the world and that the end result will be their concept of a golden age of peace and enlightenment. Sincere people hitched to the wrong wagon by indoctrination. The Humanist Manifesto concludes, In closing, the world cannot wait for a reconciliation of competing political or economic systems to solve its problems. Let us work together for a humane world by means commensurate with human ends. Destructive ideological differences among communism, capitalism, socialism, conservatism, liberalism, and radicalism should be overcome. The true revolution is occurring and can continue in countless nonviolent adjustments. What more daring goal for humankind than for each person to become, in ideal as well as practice, a citizen of a world community? All well and good if you don't understand the necessity of group karma and the assignments of missions and specific creativities to the individual nations. This is still part of this manifesto. It is a classical vision. We can now give it new vitality. Humanism thus interpreted is a moral force that has time on its side. We believe that humankind has the potential intelligence, goodwill, and cooperative skill to implement this commitment in the decades ahead. That is their concluding statement and their goal. They might as well have written destroy America, and create citizens of a world under the power elite. You know, we, we are very well aware that this content is quite heavy. This is a deep dive, deeper than we usually take on this program. 
But it just became clear to us that there was a necessity here to expose the agenda of the fallen ones to the greatest extent that we can to show how they're doing this insidiously and that they have a long-range goal in mind. They certainly do. Yeah, and much of this is is uh, has already passed. You know, I mean, I was just uh, I made a note here on the animal thing. All storybooks have animals. <laughs> all you know, ads on TV, cartoons. It's just nothing but animals. Yeah, and I think that uh, it has to be uh, clear that this lecture was given quite a few years ago. Yeah, it still seems very relevant to what's happening today. And you hear a lot of um, talk, a lot of news uh, information about this one world government, the power elite. There's a reason why that's being mentioned. It's the fact that they are real. This is not somebody's pipe dream. This is really a serious uh, tsunami of indoctrination. Yeah, and we're really hoping that you can take this in, take it in at the heart level, and uh, try to absorb it, our beloved listeners, and and, uh, see what you can do about it. Because God is the doer. Yeah. Let's take a short break. Back in a moment. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us. As you're fully aware by now, for the last three weeks, we've been focusing on humanism. The affirmation of human uh, of human nature is one above God, that we really don't need God at all. And that uh, the question, one of the many questions in this whole series is, can we really solve all of our problems without God? And I, I would say that the wise and aware among us know that this is not possible. So let's hope that the rest wake up before it's too late. And proper education is one of the main keys. So here's the final segment of our extended presentation on humanism. Now events outside the classroom reinforce the humanist worldview. Contrived energy shortages add credibility to claims that we are running out of oil and other fuel sources. This running out of energy is designed to educate children to believe that we have to have a one-world government right now. A high divorce rate caused partially by our new morality helps convince the child that the family may be an outmoded form or only one of several alternatives including homosexual marriages or non-married cohabitation. 
The combined effect of technological advances and science fiction may convince our children that it's entirely possible that man created life or that life was created as a result of a natural happenstance in the universe instead of God creating man. International strife not seen for what it is and problems of the international economy taken at face value may indeed seem soluble only by world government. You have to realize that these are not simply subjects that are mentioned now and then. When all of the problems parade through the elementary and high school classrooms, the solution always goes back to on a world scale, we can solve our problems. We've got to surrender some of our national identity for the greater good of world peace. The new morality a child learns in school is not strange to him. He has seen it on television, in the movies, and in the books and magazines he reads. No wonder. We heard that they're all owned and controlled by the same power elite. CBS, NBC, the book companies... Television teaches the child if he doesn't like one program, he can turn the channel. Likewise, if the teacher isn't stimulating, television has taught the child how to mentally change channels and tune the teacher out. Some, like Dr. Brown of the Hudson Institute, maintain, we may have undermined the basis for what is considered the greatest country in the world to an extent that it might not be able to recover. Nevertheless, the humanist's revolution is by no means complete, and education is not without its promise. Many parents and students are up in arms about the current educational system. As a result, more than 100 fundamental school systems have been established in the United States, which stress the three R's, patriotism, homework, academic achievement, high moral standards, and respect for authority. The grave lack of respect for authority in our public schools is one of the single greatest problems. The fundamental schools not only reestablish respect for authority, but help students gain self-respect. Many private and parochial schools have maintained a high level of academic achievement and transmitted the values of the Judeo-Christian tradition during the period of educational decline. The Bishop Mora Salesian High School, an inner-city Catholic boys' high school in East Los Angeles, is a fine example. The brothers of the Salesian order consciously work to develop the Christ presence in each child. Their teacher handbook offers five pointers. One, the young must not only be loved, they must be made to feel that they are loved. Two, make yourself loved, not feared. Three, Speak to the boy in such a manner that when he reads, he is happier and better. 4. Win the boy's confidence by destroying distance barriers. 5. Remember, education is largely a matter of the heart. Many of the high school-age Mexican-American boys who attend this school would be candidates for teenage gangs and for a life outside of our society. 25% of them are illegal aliens, yet the education they receive, both religious and secular, makes them responsible members of the Los Angeles community. Despite the wave of rebellious, radical teachers, 
Our staff was pleasantly surprised to find a large number of capable teachers still in our schools, and they were equally surprised to find out how unaware a number of the principals are. The principals of schools in two of the most affluent neighborhoods in the entire Los Angeles area showed an amazing lack of ability to grasp the fundamental problems that they are facing today in their own communities. Unfortunately, these men are suffering from educated incapacity, an inability to identify much less solve problems that increases with the amount of education a person has. That really comes from the fact that education educates you away from your heart, away from attunement with your heart, with your Christ Self, which is your problem-solving uh, mechanism, if you will. One of the principals was disturbed by the general clamor for better education. He thought that the outcry was the product of negativism, yet he could not offer a solution to the many problems that he admitted would soon engulf his school and his community. The other principal thought schools should foster social cooperation but could not understand the basic fallacy in the currently popular argument that private interests are inimical to public interests. People actually accept that anything private goes against the interests of the public. It's just like our having this private property goes against the public interest of it being used as a state park, which should obviously be more important because more people would benefit. The basic value of individualism and the individual use of private property is no longer a value. Therefore, private interests are seen as inimical to public interests. Furthermore, despite his Catholic parochial school background, it was only with considerable coaching that this principle was able to realize that prayer might put someone in touch with a higher source. Clearly, we cannot look to men such as these to help solve the problem. What is our best course of action? We must loosen the federal government's grip on public education. The federal government and many of the state governments are protagonists in the humanists' revolution. Free public education is not free. We are taxed to have our children indoctrinated. We are taxed to have our nation destroyed. Our children must be free to go to private schools or to whatever public schools they would like to go to without being forced to go where the bureaucrats and social planners would like them to go. Groups of friends and people who share values that they want to give their children can form schools, hire teachers, and control the curriculum. The person who salaries the teacher is the one who tells the teacher what to teach. Today it's the federal government. But who's the federal government? We the people are the federal government, and it's our money. We have got to tell our teachers what to teach and let them know, you are not acting in my stead, you are acting for and on behalf of me. I am the parent, I am the sole authority for my child. You cannot displace me in the classroom and teach my child other values, moral, spiritual, sexual, humanistic, or whatever. That's my job, and I will perform my job, and you teach my children what I tell you to teach my children. 
and nothing more and nothing less. Won't somebody understand that principle, please? Won't millions of Americans please understand this truth? Are we all going to be Sheilas of the prophet that cries in the wilderness? Or are we going to get the people to rise up in indignation and overthrow these tyrants? What are we going to do? I think we all know that in every area where we have tackled the entrenched positioning of the fallen ones, our greatest strides have been made by dynamic decrees that nothing really changes in this world until the light of God is infused into the problem. I trust you will realize that this area I consider the worst that I have penetrated in any of the manifestos. In grappling with this information and working with it, I have come against the Antichrist of the galaxy, the Anti-Guru and the Anti-Chila. This is where Antichrist is enthroned today in education, moving by leaps and bounds because the public is unsuspecting. Here is where you encounter the real black magicians, the real opposition from the astral plane. It's the complete subversion of the mind of God within his children. It's the programming, the manipulation to such extents that I think it might even be frightening to you if you realize the extent of the programming of our society today. I cannot underestimate your need for protection and for reinforcement through brothers and sisters on the path. We all need each other. We need community. We need our teaching centers. We need to learn the message. We need to research the message. We need to bring it to people. But the decrees for the judgment, the coming of Jophiel and the beings of illumination is not without a plan by the Great White Brotherhood. It's the wisdom ray where the ultimate perversion of the Son of God has taken place. So I tell you in all sincerity that when you tackle this one, you are tackling the dragon that gave power to the beast. It's behind the behind. It's behind the world communism. It's behind the power elite. It's behind and beyond any conspiracy that you can uncover. This is where the complete subversion of the children of God is. <laughs> wow. You know, and I think that the, one of the word of caution here is we don't want to um, tackle the dragon on our own. When she, when Mrs. Prophet asks, you know, what are we going to do? And then mentions that dynamic decrees. It's clear that in her mind and in our mind as well is that the ascended masters have the answers to these questions. That we know that God is the doer, and when even when we invite you to awaken to the light within, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's why it's important to uh, to gather together souls of like mind, and uh, you have a multiplication factor. You know, two people decreeing together, for instance, is the power of four. You know, yeah. nine is the power of 81, et cetera. And you're with us here, too, so you're part of that community, which we are very grateful for. And we've got to go already. It's just gone by very fast. But, Terry, how can they get a hold of us? We are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. Thank you. And next week, we'll start working on a series about light. 
something a little bit lighter than this last three weeks. <laughs> it's going to be I mean, good. Thanks again for staying with us. And as we like to say, though, the upward path may sometimes be difficult. The rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.